gracious and loving God, give me now the eye of the eagle so that I may see clearly into the hope and joys of your people. Weave my hands to the gospel plow and tie my tongue to truth. Let us hear from you, the still speaking, ever living God, always present. This we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, you might be wondering why on earth would I preach from a text out of the book of Revelation instead of from the gospel or from a psalm? And I think I was drawn to this part in particular. I will be their God and they will be my daughters and sons, but the legacy of the cowards, the unfaithful, the depraved, the murderers, the fornicators, the sorcerers, idolaters, and all the liars will be in the burning lake of fire and sulfur, which is the second death. All that fire and brimstone just really got me excited, so I thought I'd preach on that uh, this morning. Mm -hmm. So, my relationship with uh, Revelation has been a very, very interesting, and maybe it has been your same experience as well, too. Growing up, whenever there was preaching or some teaching from the book of Revelation, it was always about the apocalypse and how the end of times were coming and how fire was going to rain down from the sky and how me as, I guess, one of these people on this list, the fornicators maybe, would somehow be left here to suffer as other people were snatched away, or as, as we used to say, you know, we will be snatched away or taken away in the rapture and all the rest of the sinners will be left to play down here on earth with Satan as we have a good time up in heaven with Jesus. Now, I've since learned through quite a bit of schooling, expensive schooling, I might add, that Revelation uh, is not so much of a bad book. We should actually be calling it the Revelation of Jesus. Not Revelation, not Revelations, but the Revelation of Jesus. And that the actual act of the rapture, although younger, I was like, yes, I want the rapture to come, and I will be in the rapture and take it away. The rapture, according to the ancient Greek and the Hebrew, it's actually very violent. You heard me use snatching. If we were to translate it, it's a form of being snatched, yanked, or violently taken away. So while people are running around talking about, I can't wait for the rapture, I don't know, I'm not going to take my chances down here instead of being violently snatched and yanked and jerked away to the sky somewhere. But I've also discovered that this, this book, uh, this revelation, they have titled it the revelation, but the revelation word means apocalypse or apocalypsis. And so this word, the book, should be more titled the apocalypsis of Jesus, the revelation of Jesus. In the first century, if you were to tell a Christian running around, if you were to go say, what about the apocalypse? They'd probably tell you something like, wow, that's a cool word. Tell me more about that. Because the word apocalypse, despite all that we have heard and thought, actually means something akin to breaking through from the hiddenness. It means opening a door. It means lifting the cover or pulling back the curtain. So apocalypsis 
or apocalypse just means the revealing of what is there, the revealing of what is here, the revealing of what is just beyond the curtain. Daryl Johnson has said that a book like Revelation has two really main functions. One, to set the present moment in light of the future in spite of the unseen uncertainty of the future. So these first century Christians, those who wrote Revelation, they suffered, they were tortured, they were oppressed, they weren't Christians living in the United States of America with all the privilege and rights that we have and all the control that we have. No, no, no. They were persecuted for their faith. They were persecuted for their belief. They had to hide in homes to actually worship. And to them, the best future they could ever have was a future in which God snatched people violently off the earth and God rained out hell, fire, and fury on their enemies and God made everything perfect and right. So they wrote a book called The Apocalypse, The Revelation, The Uncovering of Jesus because they were damn sick of going through what they were going through in their time. So they wrote this book and to them, it wasn't scary because they were like, yes, these times, these end times, bring them on so we can get away from the calamity, from the suffering, from the hurt, and from the pain that we have to endure here on this planet, on this earth, as humans and as people following Jesus Christ. So they wrote some stuff that me and my friends from seminary used to say, I think they were smoking the good stuff. <laughs> maybe that's why I mentioned those early. Maybe that was on my mind because of sermon. Anyway, so we used to say maybe they were smoking some of that good stuff because Revelation is really, really odd. It is an odd book. So in our situation now, we might feel in this current situation, where is our book of the future? Where is our apocalypsis? Where is the revealing of Jesus Christ in our midst during this disaster, during this storm in which some Christians have said, oh, it's because of that sinful mayor they had down there in Houston or whatever. <laughs> or the sins of our country. Might we want to proclaim some of the same words or revelations? God, snatch us out of here, take us out of here, remove, throw, our, throw them in the fiery pit of sulfur. That might be some of our hopes for the future. But we know that is not the future that God has destined for us. And that is not the future that God is destined for those who are suffering right now. And that is not the future that God has destined for us to work together as a community, nor for those that we might want to throw into the lake of sulfur. The second function that Daryl Johnson says is that this genre, this book of Revelation is meant to set the present moment, in light of the present, despite 
the unseen reality of the present as well, too. It's amazing that these people in the first century could write such complicated <laughs> material with all this depth. <laughs> One of the things that we noticed uh, when I was working at the Houston Food Bank, we would pull together, uh, I did a, a, a facilitated a workshop with the executives, and we talked about when are we as a Houston Food Bank at our very best? And what we discovered in that setting was that disaster made the food bank work the best it ever worked. It increased performance, it increased productivity, and it improved teamwork. So about four months ago, I pulled the whole entire staff of the food bank together, walked them through the same process, and guess what's bubbled up? The same thing. Whenever there's a disaster, we all pull together, work well together, produce more, performance is high. And the CEO said, oh, wow, that's interesting. I wonder if I can replicate a disaster every day. <laughs> I said, no, we won't be doing that. But when we think about that, what is it about our present situation? Because now I know it's not just the food bank. It is humanity. For some reason in our present situation, we may proclaim teamwork and love and, and, and Christian support and all of these things, yet in our present situation, it's hard for us to somehow break through. It's hard for the apocalypsis, it's hard for the revealing of Christ to be present with us every day. But you let a hurricane come through here and destroy the majority of our city, and all of a sudden, the trauma the struggle of the disaster unveils something that we have not seen. The trauma of the disaster, the struggle of the disaster, pulls the curtain back on something that we have not seen. So when we ask, where is the apocalypsis of Jesus Christ today? Where is the revealing of Jesus Christ today? It's right here in Houston, Texas. Cops helping cops, cops helping black people, white people, brown people, all people. Everyone helping one another, everyone getting out to do everything they can when Jew, Gentile, Greek, Muslim, Mexican, doesn't matter. When even the most conservative government proclaims, go to any shelter, we will not be checking on your immigration status. Where on earth has the revealing of that Jesus Christ been? It took a disaster to pull back the curtain so that Christ may be seen in our midst. And so what I would say to us as a congregation is to not run from that feeling do not let go of the adrenaline. Do not let go of your desire to help. Do not let go of your urgency of call. And as we hold on to it, and as we strive to help all those around us, and as we look into the future and know that we will recover, we will heal, we will restore our city, as we look and see that coming, may we carry with
with us into the future. What has been revealed to us right now in this present. May we carry with us the Christ that has been revealed in us. Not in somebody that fell out of the sky and saved us, but the Christ that has been revealed in each one of us. May we carry it forward. Because as things start shaping up, which they will, because we're a great resilient city, last into the recession and the first out, this will be one of the quickest recoveries this country has ever seen. But as we do that, may we take with us what has been revealed to us in the last week and a half. That, my friends, as we've talked about launching the three great loves, love of children, love of neighbor, love of creation, the energy we have right now is the energy we need to make those three great loves a reality in our church. The apocalypse, the apocalypse is upon us. Christ is being revealed right now. That is the good news. That is the gospel of revelation. I bet you never thought you'd hear anybody say that. That is the gospel of the book of revelation. I pray that in your life, you will find the time to say, God, keep this urgency, keep this care, keep this love in my heart to reach out to people and to help. And I'm not preaching to you or at you, I'm preaching to myself as well too. God never sends anything to destroy us, but we can use everything that happens to us to give us the slim kick in the you-know-what that we need. Adrian's here to make sure we do what we need to do as Christians. I love you. We've got a lot of work sitting over in the fellowship hall to do. I hope you'll share uh, the post on our page and in our group to get people out. And thank you all so much for all your hard work and dedication and everything that you're doing in your corner of the world and in your sphere of influence. May Christ continue to be revealed to each one of us throughout the coming days. Amen. 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 Let us pray.